It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Do you live with cats and dogs? You're in luck. Our first guest today is Gerilyn Chada. And she's here to unleash some great tips for pups and dogs. Later in the show, we get catty in a good way with one of the country's top experts on feline behavior, Pam Johnson Bennett. First up, she definitely sports many collars in the pet world and wears them all well. She is a self-described entrepreneur, dog trainer, peacemaker, product developer, brand advocate, and my personal favorite, unshakable optimist. Please give pause and applause to Gerilyn Chada. Welcome to the show, Gerilyn. I see you got somebody there with you. I do. Hi, Arden. Thank you so much for having my myself on the show. And, and with and of course, many of you have met Blue. Blue, sit. If she'll if she'll introduce herself, here she is. There's Blue. So, uh, she's my seven-month-old, uh, one-quarter mini Aussie, three-quarter border, border collie mix. And that makes all one brainiac, brilliant dog. You got Aussie and border collie. Wow. She already knows how to open up my, my back door. Wow. Is she bringing <laughs> and I did in, not train her. Is she, she bringing in doggy me. takeouts? Is she calling ahead? <laughs> She's calling Dog Dash. <laughs> Doggy Dash. Oh, that's good. Hey, that could be another company. Um, people need to know who you are, Geraldine, because you are a force to be embraced, not to be reckoned with. And she's a brainiac, just like Blue, everyone. Uh, she's got three college degrees. Um, she's got a, a bachelor's in biochemistry. Um, she also has a bachelor degree in design. And she's just said, let's just top it off with an MBA, right? Well, I had to, you know, someone else to figure out, someone had to teach me how to, to run the ship because <laughs> I didn't want to steer the ship into the dock. <laughs> no. Right? And you have been a dog trainer for what, about three decades? Am I right? Well, it's, a, it's closer to four. Uh, I'm, I was nine years old when I entered my very first dog show. Really? Uh, Yes, back then I was a part of a 4-H program for dog and horse 4-H, and my my mother asked me what what I wanted to do, and I said which animal, and I said both. So we already had dogs. I had already had riding lessons, and I had, had we had had a smaller horse when I was young. So most of my training, my initial training, was from working with the uh, West Westminster winning breeder of boxers who taught my four. Wow dog 4-H classes. Are you kidding? Wow. Talking about being a pup protege. Uh, um, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And 
what is it about dogs that you really want to m- bring out the best in? What is it about dogs of any breed? Uh, any and mix? that's a, it's such a great question. Yes, because they are we are all animals and we all need to learn to get along. <laughs> we all have yeah. to learn and have an understanding for one another in order for the planet and our, our whole ecosystem to function together properly. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's under it's important to understand we're all animals. It yeah. also is important to understand to not think that we know it all that they or that we know what they're thinking, that we put all of our values and our thought processes onto them when they aren't thinking that way. Someone no. will say, oh, my dog peed on my rug because they're mad at me. Well, that could be, <laughs> but I doubt it. I don't think they were like, I'm so mad. I'm going to go pee on your rug. No. I think there's some reason there's a different psychology behind that. And and people actually take it so personally and that dog wasn't thinking of them when that accident happened or, or what have you. Yeah. So that, well, that understanding matters is my whole point. I like that. And folks, uh, she well, is, uh, does many things in the pet world. Uh, I, we don't have enough time in this one show just to name it all. I think she does sleep sometimes. But uh, she also teams up with one of our previous guests. That is Larry Kay. And tell us about your show. I guess it's going to resume pretty soon, right? Well, we will have a live. You know, we, we've, I think we have over almost 200 shows on our YouTube channel. And what's so it called, ch- the show? Dog, uh, so our Dog Hugs show, uh, on, uh, and it's on our Positively Wolf site. But uh, there is a separate Dog Hugs YouTube channel that has all, all of our shows and they're so great. They're, they're, I mean, Larry and I were so blessed to have such amazing guests. I mean, Steve Strippa from The Sopranos, Jonah Hurley from The National Dog Show in Seinfeld, John, David Fry from The National Dog Show, Beverly Hills Dog Show. The list is endless of the amazing guests we were. And you, uh-huh, you were one of our guests too, one of yes. our amazing guests. So the so it's a, a every. Uh, artists just it's very eclectic mix with people who have all types of dogs and cats mostly dogs but we still do did chat a bit about cats yeah that's so okay. not that there's anything really wrong with that right exactly <laughs> <laughs> me wow and, and so uh, that's a wonderful way uh, wonderful um relationship and we will have a live from i believe the earth animal booth at super zoo and we'll be starting up well, we will have a season four and, 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 you know, as we have amazing things happen in the dog world report and have amazing guests, we'll re- be reporting back to well, you. This is one thing that I wanted to dive in more with you, uh, Geraldine. you are a brand advocate and you also are a product developer. So you are on a mission, not only to train dogs and their people, but you do a lot behind the scenes in creating products or in promoting products that do a dog good, right? Correct. I mean, I have my favorite products that, I, that I've seen save dogs' lives. And I've also created categories that didn't exist because I saw how those products would help, could help, and were affordable. And not, not there's nothing wrong with medication. However, some dogs just don't do well on medication, and some just do well on nature. And thank goodness we have some of nature's gifts around that offers so much help to stressed out pets, especially during times like COVID or what have you. Yeah, and COVID is getting uh, its uh, third or fourth wind right now. And I think it's going to be around with us. 
So one thing before we take a break, can you talk about something that won't pack on the pounds for the dogs, but may help them? Because I understand when dogs are really feeling stressed out, they want to chew. Absolutely. You want them to chew the right thing. Yeah. Right. People want to chew as well. You notice some people will chew, like they'll eat a whole bag of chips because they're stressed and they're, it's really more of a chewing. How do you calm them? And I'm a big fan of earth animal, no hides because, or some type of chew that that you can give to the dog after you've trained them, not giving them a a reward every single time. Now, if it's a new dog, that's different. If it's your dog and you don't want them to pack on the pounds, I call it's a jackpotting system. It's the end of this routine reward. And the reason why I love the no hides is my dogs love them. So they'll do flip to the camera for our YouTube fans. Bring it up close. There it is. It's called Earth Animal No Hide. And it's a a dog chew. And it kind of looks like a burrito. (laughs) It does. They they emulsify some um, chicken fat and um, olive oil type oils and they and then they bake it. But the ones that are right here on behind me that I'm pointing with my finger, those are longer and they have new ones out that are plant based. Wow. They're all plant based. And they I was lucky enough to have some of those sent to me early as samples for my own dogs to try thinking that, oh, no, they're not going to perform their tricks for that. Oh, they love them just as much. Wow. That's so, good. <laughs> hey, they come um, in different sizes. We're going to be talking with uh, Geraldine after the break about what it's like to suddenly become a pup mom and what are some of the things that her protege, Blue, is now capable of doing at only seven plus months old. So everyone sit and stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Have you missed any of today's episode? Well, stop chasing your tail. We post past episodes and full-length video versions of our guest interviews on our website, fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We're talking with an extraordinary dog trainer, and that is Geraldine Chata. And she's in the uh, Kansas City area, I believe. And uh, earlier this year, you didn't give birth, but uh, you became sort of a two-legged pet mom, (laughs) a pup mom to four four pups, right? Including Blue. Tell us about that experience. <laughs> I felt like I gave birth. <laughs> oh my I felt gosh. like I was pregnant with her the whole time. I, Having I my puppy, puppy <laughs> what a lovely way to wag my tail. Okay, sorry, I won't be on uh, America's. Uh... That was hilarious. <laughs> so uh, she, yes, yeah, she had four amazing puppies on December 1st, two boys, two girls. And it's not my first litter. So it wasn't, and it wasn't a total surprise because I was planning on having a litter with them, just not quite that soon. (laughs) So it was a great way to spend the winter and they are, uh, they're just fantastic. They're it's, I'm such, so happy to be their, their human mother. And they are, they've got uh, mini Aussie and border Kelly. That is brains, 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 and athletic. Oh, well, Senna, full border Collie from Brazil and Casey, half border Collie, half mini Aussie from a farm 
in Kansas, uh, they're, they're just, they're ridiculous and they're healthy and happy and their puppies are wicked <laughs> smart as well. What are some things that you can encourage people? Cause a lot of folks do adopt puppies and what are some, maybe a few do's and don'ts while they're um, getting to become that first year that really can help their development and their temperament? Number one, don't carry them around too much. Good. People want to carry their puppies all the time up by their face and they want to take them in their purse to the store and show them off oh, and everyone hugs and kisses them. I call them that and, the purse my ride. Yeah, I just think if they could get them into a better module system where they tinkle right away when they wake up and then they're training with some food and then they get some play time and then a little you know, nap time in a kennel and then the pee time and really a routine down early on, right? Early on the foundation that you set, and it won't even take long, but usually people completely script their puppies and let them run wild and free and throw them, toss them around like a tether tether ball. And, and, and by the time they're, they they have that poor behavior, they're like, I have a bad dog. And it's really just that poor management of what that animal needed as opposed to what the humans needed. And I call those, those humans, are kind of thieving from that puppy. And that's, that's a no, no. Well, you mentioned something. I I was joking when I said purse, my ride dogs, but I feel bad for the little pups and the tiny breeds that are in purses. Why is it important for a dog or a pup of any age to have that four on the floor? To be completely transparent. Some dogs that are so small do need to be in purses. They're too small. They will be kicked by accident and wearing a bell and for some, it's just dangerous, but they, but they definitely need that confidence level where they don't need to be self-soothed or comforted by your hormonal smell, your fit being up in your face all the time that can make them too protective. That can change their, they can, they can jump up on someone and harm them, uh, scratch them with their nails and give them, you know, dog scratch fever. There yeah. are so many, there, there's so many layers and also many breeds need a job and maybe part of that job is just they need to learn composure and sit still and, and be a ser- service dog. Is Blue a boy or a girl? I didn't check under the hood. So her name is Blue Mustang Sally. <laughs> uh, it's spelled B-L-U just because we thought that might sound more girly. Yeah. Uh, but she is mistaken for a boy a lot. But I don't know why because she's just so girly. But I, I will tell you, you were going to ask me what, what, what tricks she knows or what her, my favorite Trick yes, is you're right reading now. my dog mind. Yes, you are. Well, she has this, and I did not train this into her, but I did. Some of the first things I taught them to do was to twirl. Oh, twirl, okay. twirl, circle, 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 left, circle, 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 right, and then and figure eights, you know, all the cute circle, 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 and then and then I love to teach them. They're either herders or they're fetchers. Okay. So I so. Of the two that are at my house right now, one is a a total herder. She only wants to herd and she herds us the whole time we play (laughs) Frisbee. But, but blue, that's, that's a a star love Chanel, but, but blue Mustang Sally is a fetcher, but she likes to flip before she fetches. And she does a full on almost somersault in the air before she takes off. And I will text you some of video of her doing that. You would love it. Blue, what she do you have, baby? She has, she has my new my new cookie toy, but let's let's <laughs> let's get her up here. She's, yes, and the pillow, everybody on radio, it says move over. The dog sits here. What do you <laughs> like best about Blue's personality? What 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 is making Blue uh beautiful? 
Uh, she has this je ne sais quoi that every one of my, and I love all of my dogs, but it seems like every one dog in my life at every decade that has this amazing energy that looks at me like wakes up in the morning and goes, Hey, I remember you. What do you want? You want to go do that again? That was fun. Wasn't it? Let's go have fun. And it has this communication that's so unbelievable. And so her communication with me is outrageous. So is Senna's actually Casey's is as well. And so were all the other puppies. Their communication styles are unbelievable. Come on up. And that's why they're my favorite, one of my favorite breeds, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a favorite breed, but if people ask me, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a cat, I'm a Cavachon, King Cavalier, Charles Spaniel, Bichon, um, Border Collie, mini Aussie fanatic. So wow. you, any, any dog. Put that on a door. t-shirt, Geraldyn. Well, I did. I actually did. I put my dogs on a t-shirt. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Blue and tank. Yeah. So, but yes, it should be on a t-shirt because any dog, they all light up my life. I just happen to resonate really well with this type of energy. I'm, I'm a border collie by nature. I wake up in the morning, ready to go. L- I, I let's do I'm it. I'm kind of a Labrador retriever myself. I think I'm like, woohoo, let's go. And I, you know, and uh, when I got married, I told my spouse to be, you know, you're marrying a Labrador retriever. And, and that still made it a go. Uh, I'm laughing because your dog is being very animated while my two are sleeping in the background for all you YouTube watchers. That is Kona and Emma, Emma, Kona, oh, Emma. Emma, and they're uh, so out. They're out. They're out. It's hot here. So, um, what what's happening the rest of the year? What's something we can look forward to? You, uh, we've got a little bit, a few seconds. How do people uh, find out more about you? Well, my website, my YouTube channel, and my social media are all jerilynchada.com. That's C A D A. And, and Jerilyn not- is with two N's. Everyone, G E R A. dot com. correct? It's radio. Correct. And you're on Facebook too. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I have a little TikTok started, but I'll I'll be diving into that more soon. Uh, I have, uh, I I, I just started a bunch of Kong videos that'll be on their their new masterclass series that will be released soon. My new dog, my dog training videos will be, and my pro tips are being filmed right now. And those will be available on jerilynchada.com as well soon all right so we'll get you back on at the end of the year and have a celebration how's that yes and you'll see me between booths at uh, super zoo this year with uh uh, as a you know helping answer questions product knowledge working with some of the teams on new innovation and doing all those amazing things that i get to do at super zoo every year all right so lucky so everybody let's give a big pause and applause to gerilyn chada Hey, everybody. Um, We're going to be going to the feline world after we take this break. So sit and purr. We'll be right back. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now let's clear the air. Shoo-wee! I'm betting many of you love your cat. But their litter boxes? Well, not so much. <laughs> but to cats, the 
this indoor bathroom is a huge deal. They need a clean bathroom. They need uh, plenty of choices. Um, we two-leggers can actually do our part to minimize some behavior issues uh, that could crop up, and the cats are blaming you and the litter box. Uh, so we have a problem solver here on our show today. She is back by popular demand, and she is arguably one of the world's top cat experts. Yep, I let the cat out of the bag there, uh, and I'm proud to say it. She is the founder of Cat Behavior Associates. She is a mega best-selling cat author. I'm talking about Pam Johnson Bennett. Well, welcome back to being on the Four-Legged Life Show, Pam. Thank you. I appreciate this. And, of course, we're talking about my favorite subject. <laughs> Me too. I'm into potty habits. Um, we're going to dive into the litter box tactics. And folks, Pam Johnson Bennett is pretty amazing because she has written many books. And I want you to pay attention. One of them is called Cat Wise, and another one is called Cat versus Cat. You want to tee up our listeners a little bit about what they're all about? Well, cat versus cat is for multi-cat households because, you know, everything changes when you go from one cat to two or three or more. So that covers everything. You know, if you're just thinking about getting a second cat to the fact that you've had cats for years and they haven't gotten along, cat wise answers the questions cat parents tend to have. And so it's a book that's become very popular at shelters in their, for their hotlines so that you can go directly to a section with a question and there's the in-depth answer. I, I so, like that. Like, and you said it kind of subtly and softly, but I want to pump it up a little bit. It's a resource at many, lead, many animal shelters, mm -hmm. right? Yes, because people will call and say, well, I don't know what to do. My cat is doing this. And they can go right to that section because it is based on a Q&A format and it's oh, 150 questions and answers that have puzzled cat parents. So it has become popular at cat shelters. I've gotten a lot of really Good. positive You're feedback. You're saving lives, that, Pam. You're saving lives. I'm not going to make you ask and answer all 150 questions because the okay. show isn't that My long. brain's too old for that now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, I mean, years ago, People would just say, forget it. They toss the kitty outside or they bring the cat to a shelter. Please, oh, please, oh, please help us know that there are so many more positive, keep the kitty as part of the family solutions. Well, the big thing is when a cat isn't using the litter box, yes. many people, it's not, they're not being mean. It's just they associate that as being a misbehavior. The cat is being bad. If the cat is being bad, therefore we must punish the cat. Wow. And so when you have that attitude, the problem is going to get worse. It damages the relationship you have with your cat. It sends the message to the cat that urination or defecation is bad. So I'm certainly not going to go to the litter box to do it. I'm going to go find a hidden place to do it. And then the cat tries to hold their urine as long as possible because they're terrified. So you have to stop looking at it as a misbehavior. And so it's either the first step is have your, your cat checked by the veterinarian because surprisingly, more medical issues cause litter box problems than anything else. So you want to rule that out. Well, what's second, some, what are some medical issues that could it can, cause it can the be bathroom habits? Cystitis, lower urinary issues, diabetes, 
kidney issues. It could be arthritis. The cat can't get to the litter box anymore. You know, it it hurts. There could be, if we're talking about defecation, it could be um, inflammatory bowel disease, megacolon. There are so many things and you want to rule that out first because you don't want your cat to suffer a moment longer. No, not at all. I mean, I'm thinking you've got to act like a cat detective a little bit. Well, the thing is, if the cat isn't using the litter box, something is wrong, either medically or there's something about the litter box setup that isn't working for the cat, whether it's that the cat can't get there or it's too dirty, it's too small, it's too uncomfortable. They don't like the feel of the litter. You're asking too many cats to share one litter box. There's something about it that's not meeting the cat's needs. Maybe the cat in a multi-cat household can't get there because he's getting ambushed by other cats. Your job, like you said, is to be a detective to figure out what is stopping the cat from using the litter box. And when you have that attitude, as opposed to being this punitive attitude of, oh, the cat's deliberately doing this, not only do you solve that problem, but you probably prevent a whole bunch of other further future problems. So I'm saying that you're a cat expert extraordinaire, but boy, you got to kind of paw carefully around us attitude humans. How do you tactfully tell someone to shift and realize it's not a spite action, but there's something clearly going on and the kitty's doing their best to communicate? I think the the biggest thing I have is my legitimacy in having been one of those cat parents. The reason I got into this business was because I was making all those mistakes and there was no information out there for me decades and decades and decades ago. Her name is not Methuselah. She's a really nice (laughs) Yeah. You know, Moses and I hung out together, you know, that's what my kids say. Um, But there was no information out there. So your natural inclination is to think, well, I provided a litter box. How come you didn't use it? So that gives me that, that I think Good. that relatability. So empathize with I've been there. I've been yes. there. I thought that I did it. Um, and then common sense, you know, it is natural for a cat when you explain that to people for survival, they want to go to an area where there's sandy soil away from the nest, dig a hole, eliminate, cover it up so that they're not attracting predators. So when a cat, then is eliminating outside of the litter box, it means it's stressing the cat Mm -hmm. out. And very often, as soon as you let loving cat parents know that this problem is as stressful for the cat as it is for you, they want to find the right solution. You know, nobody wants to be mad at their cat. Nobody adopts a cat to have issues. You adopt a cat because you want a relationship. Right. So they can't write us a note. They can't text us. Um, so they're showing their stress and their distress and the way they can, right? Right. And they can give you clues, you know, where they eliminate. If, if the cat is eliminating close to the litter box, the cat might be saying, I'm trying to get there. It's just maybe too hard for me to get in or it's too dirty or it's too small. If the cat is eliminating, in a certain area, like on your bed, very (laughs) undesirable, but you know, maybe the cat is doing that because it's elevated. So the cat feels safe in terms of looking and seeing if any enemies are coming. 
so there are always reasons why a cat chooses a particular spot, whether it's for safety or whether it's just I, I can't hold it anymore, you know, and, and the litter box is not comfortable, you know, litter boxes that are down in basements, let's say the cat can't go down those stairs anymore. You know, had did it for 10 years. And who's and now, hiding under now, the stairway anyway, you know, perceived or real. I mean, seriously, some basements can be downright scary for us. They can. And so you have to look at, is the litter box, did you set it up to be appealing for you? Because maybe it's covered because you don't want to look at it. And it's small Mm -hmm. because you don't really like a litter box in the house. Mm -hmm. But does that meet your cat's needs? And more often than not, it doesn't. We're speaking with uh, Pam Johnson Bennett. She is a renowned cat behavior expert. In fact, she even founded the cat division of the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. She's written a number of great books that are being used as resources at animal shelters and and beyond. And we're going to dive more into the litter box after we take this break. Uh, So sit and purr. We'll be right back. Welcome back to uh, Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Uh, I love talking about pee and poop. Um, I'm yeah. a pet first aid <laughs> instructor. And, uh, and by the way, and one of the things I teach all my students in our veterinary approved classes is how to be a poopologist. Pay attention to the poop. Pay attention to the urine, size, smell, all that duration. Um, so with litter boxes, I mean, the poor cat's. They have to go to the bathroom. They're indoors. Pray, pray, pray tell. Why should we not get lazy and think we can litter, train our cats to use our toilets? Please tell me. Oh, it's one of the worst things you can do uh, other than not supply a litter box at all. Uh, It is natural for a cat to dig, eliminate, and cover. That is what's natural. So you're taking that away from the cat. You're also asking a cat to straddle the toilet, which maybe when the cat is young and athletic, that's not so difficult, but cats develop arthritis, cats develop balance Mm -hmm. issues, pain, illness, age. So then it becomes hard. Then are you going to retrain the cat back to uh, the litter box, right. you have to always have the toilet lid open, which maybe if you have company over, uh, they might close it. Uh, a cat might get startled. If the cat loses balance and falls in, all right, chances are the cat will be able to get out. But how stressful is that? Oh and then the other thing is if your cat ever has to go to the veterinary hospital and stay okay. overnight or get yeah. boarded, they're not going to give your cat a toilet. <laughs> no, so the head veterinarian saying I'm giving up my bathroom for yeah, uh, fluffy. So the no. cat's going to have a litter box in the cage, struggle mm-hmm. to use that again, and then come home and then not have a litter box. Has to go back to using the toilet again. Stick to what is natural for a cat. Let cats be cats. You know, love them like family. Yes, love them. Be devoted to them. You know, you made a commitment to do the best for for their entire life. But let them be cats. And that that. includes that that natural instinct to use a soft, sandy substrate for elimination. And I I have four cats, everybody. And uh, there is a litter box math equation that Professor Pam Johnson Bennett's going to tell us in a second. 
it doesn't take me forever. And I clean the boxes every day and I dump them in this. Uh, it's like a baby diaper disposal. I don't know if I'm supposed to name products, but I pop it in there. It holds the odor. There's no odor emitting. And then garbage day, it's all taken out and we start all over. But what's the litter bath math? And for all of you that don't like math, this is the best math ever. It is one more box than you have cats. That's the minimum it should be. But part two of that is not all in one room. They need to be scattered because cats form social groups and they have preferred areas. You may have three (laughs) cats and there's one who tends to always hang out in the bedroom. And then there's one who's, who loves to be by the, in the sunny window at the living room or, you know, one hangs out, you know, near the kitchen. Uh, So you want to have litter boxes where the cats tend to have their preferred areas so that they don't have to cross each other's turf oh. in order to access the litter box. Cause that can be very stressful. Imagine if every time you had to go to the bathroom, you had to cross this hostile territory where you never knew if you were going to get ambushed or attacked. Yeah, that's horrible. And what about some folks have basements? Some folks have upstairs. Why is it important to have it on different levels? You want to, even if you only have one cat, if you live in a multi-level home, you want to have litter boxes on each level because I don't know about you. I know you're a young spring chicken, but I'm getting older (laughs) and I do not want to, you know, when I have to go in the middle of the night, do not want to have to go all the way downstairs. You know, you want things to be convenient. Um, And because things can also change for your cat, maybe going up and down those stairs becomes more difficult. Yeah, like arthritis, like you pointed out mm -hmm. before. So make it make it easy. And the other thing is match the box to the size of the cat. Oh, thank you. You were reading my mind. That was not to where you want to put it. You know, I see in house calls. (laughs) these tiny little litter boxes because they wanted to put it in a certain location, which of course is way out of the way and hidden and you'd need, you know, GPS to find it. And they have a very big, you know, well-nourished cat. So it's like a sumo wrestler trying yeah. to, to be on a, on a, on a baby toilet. <laughs> so half the cat is in the box, half the cat isn't, Aww. you know, so match to the size of the cat, which, and there is an equation there too. It should be one and a half times the length of your cat. From the really? tip of the nose to oh. the base of the tail. Oh, hang on just a second. For all you uh, tuning in to the internet, this is a long, lean, purring machine. This is pet safety cat Casey. Um, Pam, he's pretty long. You'd need. And the other thing is, if you can't find a litter box that's big enough, and there are a lot of boxes that are small, use an a storage container, you know, the plastic storage containers that you can find in all different sizes. And if the sides are too high, then you just cut out a low entrance on one end so that the cat can easily get in and out. Cause you don't want to have a box that's so big and so high that our arthritic cat can't get in it, you know, so make it easy for the cat, make it convenient, make it appealing inside, which is a soft, sandy, unscented litter. Uh, so that it's soft on the cat's paws and keep it clean. Okay. And that doesn't mean just whenever <laughs> you think about right. it. Right, daily. Hey, we've got about a minute and a half left. So hood or no hood? And why, why, why stay away from scented litters? I just get, I get bummed when I see that out there. Yeah, cats don't want to smell 
anything other than nothing or their own scent. (laughs) So, and when you think about a cat's nose, you know, about eight inches up from the ground and how, when they go in the litter box, the first thing they do is sniff around. They don't want to be assaulted with, you know, roses and all these, you know, floral scents that we do. And on top of litter, we usually use all these scented additives and all the other things we do. So don't do it. Don't do it. And the other thing is no covers okay, because it's, we want privacy Cats need safety. When a cat is in the litter box, they're very vulnerable. So take those litter box covers off. Oh, thank you. And I'm happy as uh, someone uh, who used to be pretty strong, not as much. What do you think about the, the lightweight litters that are out there that are unscented? Are they any good? The lightweight litters, it, they're good. They make it easier you know, mm-hmm. for you to carry because litter boxes, the, the cartons of litter can be very heavy. It's about the cat's preference. There you go. What does your cat want to use? And sometimes you've got to set up a little, I call it a buffet, where you get <laughs> a uh, two or three, I'm so two, you know, two or three litter boxes <laughs> and don't bring your knife and fork to this buffet, yeah. but just set out different litters. You can use disposable boxes if you don't want to spend yeah. the money on extra boxes and let your cat tell you what litter is best. But don't make an abrupt change. Don't just decide, okay, we're going to use a different litter tomorrow because cats are creatures of habit. And when they go in the litter box, they, they expect that same texture on their paws that, you know, that they had yesterday. So, but just make it, make it appealing, make the litter box about the cat and not about you. Hey, great advice. We're speaking with Pam Johnson Bennett, and I want you to dash over. How do people find you? catbehaviorassociates.com, Facebook, Pam Johnson Bennett, and on Instagram, it's Think Like a Cat. And I'm very active on social media, very responsive. I love my followers. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. Here's another helpful pet tip from your four-legged life host, Arden Moore. Pause up, pet pals. Lots of dogs love, love, love peanut butter. Be your dog's best health ally and read the label on the jar. Make sure that the peanut butter is not sugar-free. That means it contains xylitol. That's an artificial sweetener that is very dangerous when ingested by dogs. In fact, xylitol is 100 times more dangerous than the theobromine found in dark chocolate. Xylitol can cause seizures, liver failure, and even death in some dogs. I've been teaching pet first aid classes for a dozen years, and I am on a mission to help keep your dogs safe and happy. Spread the word about sugar-free peanut butter to your pet pals. Pause up. For even more Arden Moore, we're online at fourleggedlife.com. Hey, pet pals, that's it for our show today. Want to give a big pause up to our special guest, Geraldine Chada and Pam Johnson Bennett. I also want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Tevra, the makers of great pet products. I want to thank all you pet pals for tuning in and all the stations airing our show from coast to coast. So until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. 